This is episode one of the Wildflower Bee Farm podcast. It's March 8th, 2020. I'm Henry J. Sveck. This podcast is about explaining and talking about and discussing honeybees. Bees as they move through our farm as we as we turn our 50 acres back over to nature. So let me give you a little history of um, how this all started. And uh, then I'll talk a little bit about where we're at um, right now in March of 2020 on the Wildflower Bee Farm. For probably 55 years and before that probably, so probably about 155 years, our 50-acre farm was a fruit farm. It produced cherries and apples and plums and you want to name it here in southern Ontario. Uh, I grew up on the farm, so I've lived here on and off for um, 57 years. Um, The growing of fruit in Ontario, as it is in most parts of North America and industrial society, before we got into more organics, would have been constant spraying, constant sort of intensive agriculture. I can remember when we grew apples, we would spray apples probably once a week during the growing season for different reasons. I remember wearing a hazmat outfit to, uh, with um, you know respirators and shutting down everything and making sure everyone was out of the way when we sprayed. So for all those years, that's what was happening on this 50 acres and plus thousands of acres in California and other thousands of acres, even to this day in the, in the United States and Canada. I was looking last year to plant some garlic because I, I started planting garlic, and if you want some information on that, I can talk about that down the road, but... I was trying to find a place where I could uh, plant my garlic and not have the uh, Roundup sort of uh, drift uh, kill my uh, garlic. And I remember thinking, you know, and I have a great crop share farmer. I work with a farmer who was uh, farming the 30 acres because twenty, approximately 20 acres in buildings and bush. We had planted bush about 25 years ago in part of the farm, so we had two ponds. We still have them and bush. So when I started looking for a small area to plant some garlic, we're probably talking 100 square feet, and I couldn't find much that wouldn't be in sort of in the way, I sort of roped off a section of the regular farm and said, you know, to my buddy, the farmer, don't plant here because I don't want any drift on my garlic. Seems a little excessive, but I just didn't want my garlic to die. Then I started thinking, you know, because I started getting in bees about, getting into bees about three years ago, my father always had bees on the farm. Even though we did all that spraying, we had them down at one of our ponds, and uh, the bees always seemed to survive. We would make sure we only sprayed early in the morning or late at night when the bees weren't out. And we were able to have bees for many years until the year before my father died, some snowmobilers uh, trespassed on our property and in the middle of winter opened up all the hives and killed them. And I remember my father saying, you know, when when the beekeepers bees die, he's next, and sure enough, a year later, he passed away. Um, No relationship, but it just still sort of strikes me there. So for all those years, probably 25 years, I had no interest in even looking at bees. Um, But for some reason, I decided, you know what, it would be a a great hobby, let me see what I can do. So three years ago, I bought one hive, and now I just have two, but gradually, we're we're, uh, changing the entire farm over to bees. I found it to be very relaxing. You know, I I had horses for a while. I used to go to where my horses were being kept and I'd go give them a hug and I felt really good about just 
being around horses. And I, I really didn't think I could feel the same way about bees, but actually I feel better around them than I do around horses, and they're also um, less expensive. So we started the process this past year. I talked to the farmer, who uh, Lynn, who did a great job on the farm, just an amazing really conservationist using modern agricultural methods. So he was he was quite happy when I told him I was going to convert the farm over to um, wildflowers and clover and natural grasses, native species, and gradually build up a habitat for bees. So we started to look at what that would be like. I hired a programmer to uh, create a website, wildflowerbeefarm.com, and a business model that's quite unique, and I'll talk about that near the end of this first podcast. Um, the process then for me was starting to look at, you know, wildflower seeds and seeds that are flowers that are really, uh, uh, you know, exciting for bees to get involved with. And I learned very quickly that there was significant cost involved with planting 30 acres of wildflowers. Some, some estimates anywhere from two to $4,000 an acre. So we're looking at a hundred thousand plus dollars, uh, to convert the farm. But then I started talking to some other people and uh, got a hold of an amazing organization um, out of Wallaceburg, Ontario, that's going to help us and also do the planting and also the windbreaks with the trees to protect uh, from drift from neighboring farms. And we also talked about different grants that are available. So we, we you know, applied for different grants and you know, at recording today, we were successful, so we're going to be able to plant the wildflowers and take care of the seeding and the original sort of design and setup uh, with that help. And then over time, we will run the business and uh, and use it to educate the world, really, on what it's like to be a bee helper. Now, beekeepers, just by the sound of it, if you if you think of that, means keeping the bees but if you have bees or around them you know very quickly that nobody keeps them they pretty much do what they want um, as long as we stay out of their way so my idea of, of a bee helper is helping them with the habitat helping them with um, you know as we're doing with the converting the farm back to wildflowers and and uh, and other habitat for them but also with the hives and so while there are many different types of beekeepers, and certainly I have no disparaging comments, I think however you raise your bees, if you have them, thank goodness you're doing that, whether it's a large commercial operation where you're helping farmers pollinate, or if you're a smaller operation, perhaps you're a hobbyist or you're doing it strictly for the honey, which is fine as long as you have bees and you're keeping them, regardless of how you do that, that's your that's your right, and that's uh, what I would support. I'm just simply going to talk about what we're going to do in the Wildflower Bee Farm. So as a bee helper, we're going to create the the foraging or the flowers and the environment for them to go to. And we're going to provide them with homes of three different types. We're going to have conventional Langstroth hides, which are those square boxes you may have seen where the... Um, um, which is, is quite a more of a commercial um, operation that you see them in. We're going to have what are called top bar hives, and I already purchased them. Top bar hives are hives that have a top bar, but they do not have the foundation or the wax beneath it so that the bees are required to create everything as they would do in the in the natural, you know, state if they went out and found a swarmed and found a hollowed out log and did that. So that's kind of the top bar hive. 
And the third we're creating, and there are many examples on the internet, but I have a woods craft, a wood craftsman who's outstanding, who's going to create them out of logs. We're going to create three or four out of logs, and we're going to put them up in trees and hopefully catch some swarms that way. So our goal is to provide the bees with three different types of habitat. Our goal is to provide the... Um, the grass, we're going to be planting that. I planted some clover in the fall, and there's also wildflowers existing currently in the bush, but we're going to be totally getting involved with that this spring. The bees that we have, I, I was able to get them from Dresden, Ontario, and they're an amazing group that uh, supported me through this. Uh, we took some classes, learned how to basically get started. I remember a lot of it from my dad. And not surprisingly, we, we found in, in our, our storage, we actually found some, some old hives that my dad had, had, had saved. And so we were able to use them. And one of them, actually, the nucleus, uh, I was able to use one of the hives to create a hive that looks like they're, they're one of the strongest hives over this winter. So I'll be giving you more updates on that. So what's the business model? Well, the business model is, I think, somewhat unique. We're providing a three-level uh, membership to a, the Wildflower Bee Farm. The first, for $50 a year, people are able to log on to their membership site and be able to see the regular updates and the videos, and support our work. And that's unique to the membership. The second level, or the drone level as we call it, so we have a worker bee, a drone level, and a queen level. The drone level provides a similar membership access, but we'll also send you one pound of our honey per year if it's available. Because remember, we're not about creating a lot of honey. We're, we're going to take the honey that's the bees have sort of left over. Uh, when they no longer need any in the spring, when things are starting to bloom or there's pollen and nectar and whatever they have left over, we will take a bit of that and, and send it to our drone members. At the queen level, <coughs> the queen level is, is interesting because you get all of that plus four pounds of honey, plus you get a named hive that we send you regular personal updates on. So we name a hive, that's your hive, we explain it to you, how we came about, what the history of that hive is. And you and your children or family or classroom share that journey with us. For example, you know, how they're doing, uh, regular video clips, um, and other information about your hive. We also will put your logo or label on that hive, and you'll be able to share that with other colleagues or family members or people within your organization. So we have the worker bee uh, for $50, the drone for $250, and the queen bee for $1,000 per year to support our efforts. We already have people uh, committed to those areas, so feel free to sign up at wildflowerbeefarm.com. I'll just end with a few thoughts today about uh, some of the things I've learned since I started, and, and that is that there really is no right or wrong way to help bees. Uh, if you can plant, if you live in a home and you have a bit of uh, land or garden left, plant a few flowers this year to attract or to help uh, foraging bees. Remember, there's there's hundreds of bees, different species in Canada that aren't uh, the honeybee. They're a very different uh, group of bees, and they are necessary for all kinds of important things. So if you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com, you can see our progress, log in, become a member. We'd love to have you join us as we, we get on this journey of helping the bees. Again, I'm Henry J. Sveck. Thanks for listening. I'll hopefully log on again next week and give you an update.